What's up, guys? What's up, Nick? You're here with me, Nick, and as always, I'm joined by Ronnie. What's up, everybody? Let me this take a seat. E- this episode is proudly sponsored by... No one. Yeah, so if you want to get your business out here, get some exposure with us, please get in touch. We'd love to have you. But for now, you're stuck with me and Ronnie, and we're going to take you through some of the Six Nations rugby from this weekend. Yeah, Six Nations. It's a little bit sad to say that it's over. Can you believe it, eh? But what a Six Nations. What a cracking end to the Six Nations. No, no, it could have been better. England could have ended fifth. Okay, fair enough. They could have ended fifth. They did, however, end fifth in the world ranking. So <laughs> We'll know, get there, we'll yeah. get there. But it's all about balance at the end yeah, of the So day. let's talk about it first game. Italy-Wales. Yo, Italy winning, hey? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> I don't know if anyone called that on Superbrew. We should have actually checked that before we recorded. Uh, one of our rival podcasts, one of the hosts actually called Italy by one. Yes, and uh, can you believe it? He's just said that as a bit of a joke. And uh, yeah, it was. if he had just stuck to his guns and called it in Superbrew, he would have uh, been a legend. Yeah, standalone figure there. <laughs> Shit ending for Dan Beggar on his 100th test and Alan Wynne-Jones on his 150th. Hey, now he simply can't retire. No, he can't. Alan Wynne-Jones has to go to 200. So he'll probably be coming here to South Africa when they tour in July. can't believe Alan Wynne-Jones is playing again. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Unreal, really. hey. Absolutely unreal. No, well done to Italy. Honestly, um, you know what? Everybody writes them off and I know I, for one, wrote them off last week in the podcast. I said it was going to be a thumping. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. Well done to Italy. Uh, you know, lots of people are talking about having them booted out of the Six Nations. But you know what? Uh, a game like that is just going to do them wonders. As they lodged their boot firmly at the arse of the Welsh this weekend. <laughs> was it the Welsh that played poorly or Italy that played well? Let's just so, get that out of the way. You know what? There was a couple of things from Wales that I thought were stacking. I thought Louis rees had had a bit of a shocker. Uh, I thought the Welsh handling was pretty poor. But I must applaud Italy. They really, really were tenacious in this game. It was unreal. They were hungry for it. Hungry, hungry, hungry. They were playing with a newfound physicality, if you will. You know, yeah. their forwards were getting dominant in the tackles. It was, it was really unreal to witness. I mean, it's their first win after 30, 361 losses. <laughs> no, That's that can't right. be. That can, it can't be right. Dude. <laughs> so. 36 losses in a row. Apologies. <laughs> My so, notes here are a little bit flawed. My L looked like his, a one. Not only is his maths terrible, but uh, so is his handwriting. So, yeah. But it's their first win in Wales as well. Wow. Yeah, well done, Carter, Italy. So well done to Italy for that. You know, it's new coach, Kieran Crowley, brought in a lot of his Benetton players. And they rewarded him with this fixture, you know, getting something on track there. Garbisi, what did you think of him at 10? Yeah, no, well done. I, honestly, I can't, fault, I, I can't fault him. He stepped up to the plate. Um, you know, the players around him just performed as well. So, you know, well done to Italy. I just want to say, though, the under-20s also did exceptionally well. So I think they ended third or what, I can't remember, I don't exactly know. But uh, I think they ended third, so they're doing incredibly well. Maybe things are happening there in Italy that we don't know about. Maybe the, I don't know, what are the, the pastas treating them well? Yeah, and I mean, Crowley actually saying and mentioning the under-20s that the youngsters are doing well and he's hoping that that's going to transfer well to the senior side. Funny enough, he also made mention of his wanting to select Sergio Parise again, but Parise <laughs> yes. saying he'd rather focus on Toulon for the moment. Yeah, well, he was close to picking him, apparently, but then broke his hand in November, then wanting to bring him in, COVID running through the camp, then couldn't pick him, then, 
you know, obviously saying him saying that now he wanted to focus and help help out Toulon a bit more. Um, but do you think we could see him again? I definitely think so. And, you know, it's not always about the send-off, but I feel like his international career was not supposed to end the way it did. 2019 with the game being called off against the All Blacks due yeah. to the... Yeah, it's 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 not the game you want. You don't want to draw against the All Blacks. No, your final especially game. yeah, well, <laughs> Italy's best result against the All Blacks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well done, Italy. Have to give you pl- uh, applause Props. there. Yeah. And Garbisi, I need to ask you a favor since you are teammates with Andre Pollard. Please go teach him how to kick. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you know he needs it, and we needed a spring box. So please, when you get back to Montpellier. Let's uh, share some kicking or tricks of the trade with Andre. Cheers. Ireland, Scotland? Yeah, unfortunately, I actually didn't catch the Ireland, Scotland game. I saw Ireland did win it. Yeah, there's a little bit of trouble in the camp. I don't wonder if that actually had any effect in the game. A couple of players went out uh, doping. Um, couple doping of is for a drink, for those of you from Ireland. Yeah, so they uh, some of them got caught or stayed out a little bit too late, had one too many beers. Uh, but you know what? I don't think that had much effect on the game. In all honesty, Ireland, you know, real dominant performance. I know you called them winning the Six Nations, but it didn't quite come off. But we'll get there in a moment. Uh, well done, Ireland. You know, honestly, they are doing. They're playing incredibly well, and I think uh, Ireland is a team to be reckoned with. And what did you make of the benching of Finn Russell? Yes. Well, was he? Has he been performing as well as people? know that he can play i don't i don't know um, do you think it was a tactic to sort of give him a kick in the ass i think so definitely i mean look uh scotland had nothing to win or lose or i i i, I well i don't know really i don't know if you, any test matches with that um but yes he needed to be dropped it is a it is a bit of a wake-up call to say listen uh, if you want to be a leader, if you you are a leader in this team and you need to start acting like it and you need to start performing week in, week out. We're looking for some consistency in the team and it's as simple as that. So put him on the bench, wake him up a bit. Um, you know, that's that's always worked wonders for a lot of players. Yeah, I guess that goes one of two ways. Either the player completely disappears or he puts in the effort and makes a comeback. Look, so. if you, it's a professional era and if you, if you are getting paid what you are getting paid to play for these national sides... Uh, you need to perform and you also need to take it on the chin when you're not performing. And, and not everyone can perform at 100 miles an hour. Sometimes you dip and uh, for that reason you get dropped. And uh, it's 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 not saying you're you're terrible and there's somebody better than you. But uh, it's saying, listen, you need to start performing. You need to pull finger. It's as simple as that. And I mean, what do you make around this whole rigmarole surrounding Hoggy? You know, ending the press conference off, he gets up and he says he's not going to miss this. Head coach thereafter won't confirm whether or not Hogg will remain as captain of the side, saying it's a long way away before their next fixture. You know, is there a bit of discontent in the Scotland camp that they're being treated like children? Or? Yeah, there is something that's definitely up there. I mean, it all stems from the fact that, well, it all starts with some of them going out drinking and breaking some of their, uh, you know, internal constitutional team rules. Uh, so there's just something that it's almost like it's too strict and... The players are looking for a way to release or, you know, to blow off steam somehow. It, it, something's not quite working in that Scotland uh, camp. So let's no, see what happens. Scotland starting off big, ending off pretty poorly. So, yeah, something needs to change there before they face their next international fixtures. And then, big one of the weekend. You know, I just want to say, and we'll get to this right now, you called Ireland winning the Six Nations. 
I called the French winning the Six Nations, and they did so in stunning fashion. If by you guys could see the smug look on Ronnie's face, just right shut now. your mouth right now by winning, <laughs> by winning the Six Nations with a bloody grand slam. Well I done, you we French just need boys. To, we just need to give praise to France there because what a season they've had. What a Six Nations! Absolutely well done and absolutely well deserved. Now I'm going to say it again: they definitely are a team to be feared in leading up to the World Cup. No, without a doubt, and I mean. Ireland finishing in second, but a whole 11 log points ahead of England in third. So, <laughs> there's definitely a, a big divide in the Six Nations there. So, I don't think I was far off of you, Ronnie, calling the winner. But yes, well done. You did call France. Thank you. I'm, a, I'm not allowed to clap after last week's episode. Uh, I was reprimanded for doing that. So, I'm just going <laughs> to... Well done, Ronnie. Um, Well, look, with respect to that game, I just want to say England were never in it. I think France, just from the onset, they just dominated from the start, from the first minute, uh, right through. You know, they they did dip in a little bit, but you know what? They were still on top of the game. So, well done, French. You guys are absolute bloody legends. I just want to take a pause here to mention to you, Ronnie, that I actually called this game exactly on Super Brew. French win by 12 points. Even a broken clock is twice right. Right, <laughs> okay. right twice a day. <laughs> you can practice that one a little bit more for next time. But yeah, I got that spot on. I ended 36th in our Super Brew Pool. Where did you end? 105th? 34th. 34th is a day. 105th, a nice one for you there. But yeah, I have to agree with you. England, you know, they were only a bit of a danger and broken play, I felt. And I think that speaks to the coaching. You know, their the structured play is dismal. Physicality, Eddie Jones two weeks in a row saying his side was going to bring the physicality. To me, it looked like one-way traffic. It was one-way traffic. The French were pumping holes. I mean, DuPont's try alone just showed. You know, the forwards bashing it through, popping it off to their nine, and there he was in for no, a we, I think we said it two weeks ago. Um, the French just have that... You know, they've got that, uh, that springbok sort of set up at the moment with an incredibly dominant and strong forward pack you know it, it, that just frees up your back line your nines and your the rest of your back line to to play with whatever confidence they need to uh to to, to perform at such a high level so <laughs> the physicality like you rightly said it was just so incredible from france and it just set up their back line play, players like to punch just to Score some mean, epic tries. The thing that impresses me so much about DuPont is how he's always searching for work on that field. Eh? Yeah. He's always involved. Doesn't get tired. He's so quick to the breakdown. And he really sets that French back line on the front foot in addition to the work that his forwards are doing. So Faf de Klerk hasn't played in a while. But Faf de Klerk in his prime versus DuPont in his prime, who's the best? Oh, of course the Faf star. But that's going to be a hell of a match. I don't, it's a hell of a match. I don't know if it's of course the Fafster, but uh, yeah, look. South African incredible. listeners, I'll kick his ass after this podcast for you. But yeah, I, I mean, the first try that France scored, that was pretty sloppy from the English. Single pass cuts out six English defenders and Gael Ficou in in the corner. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't happen in international right, rugby. That's the confidence that the French are playing with, that they're willing to just sling a ball across the and field. If like they that. do that, Lukanya Am's definitely picking that one off. Oh, we hope so. Please, Lukanya Am, if you're listening, please give us a like. So I think that's <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one to, to see, South Africa versus France when it comes in November. Number one and number two in the world at the moment. But, you know, interesting, interesting game between the two and... Yeah, no doubt that France were going to win it, even with a bit of nerves surrounding the Grand Slam. 
Well, let's just talk about England for a moment here. What's happening there? In all honesty, I think it's Edward Jones. Edward Jones. <laughs> I think he's, his selection tactics are horrendous. You know, we saw it with Heineken Mayer, selecting players out of position, mm. players not performing there, and then the coach not getting stick for it. That is a coaching decision. That is a selection policy of a coach. And when it fails, he must be held accountable. Mm. Freddie Stewart, best fullback in the competition. What is it? What on earth is he doing on the wing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Eddie's trying some funny things there. He's trying to experiment, and it just hasn't been paying off. And just go back to your basics. Play your fullbacks in a fullback position. And I mean, it's not like England have a short, short, and have a lack of quality wings. Sorry, he's just uh, take a sip of water there. <laughs> they they're really not lacking in that department. So why why change it up like that? I mean, it's just silly coaching, and then. I mean, it was so obvious for everyone to see Ellis Genji being the runner-up from the back. What on earth was that? Yeah, they, they used him quite a bit as a bit of a, a, a crash ball specialist. But I think that did absolutely, you know, it took him out of, the, out of other areas of the game, other facets of the game. So I think that obviously Ellis Genji is an animal. Absolutely. No, for sure. But you're wasting his talent there. I mean, I played in the front row. If you told me I had to drop back for all these kick chases, and then run it up. I would, have been, out after yeah, 10 I would have been useless in the scrums. Yeah, but you were useless anyway, so yeah, well, just, this is what it is. I don't know. For me, very, very poor selection. Do you think Eddie's going to get a review? Last year he did, but they finished fifth. <sighs> is it an improvement that they finished in third? There's only one country that can uh, that that really removes their head coach and reprimands them and then uh, brings in the specialist and they're going to win, and that's the Springboks. I, don't, I think... One year out from the World Cup, is it one year? Is it 18 months? 18 months. 18 months out of the World Cup. Uh, They're going to stick with Eddie Jones, but uh, Eddie Jones needs to do some introspection and look at himself and what he's going to do with his team come the, uh, is it, mid-year internationals. Yeah, well, he's off to Australia, a team he's never lost to since he's been coaching England. Is that? Is that so? So that'll be an interesting, interesting fixture to watch. Something else I actually just want to mention about this test between, uh, well, actually the Six Nations in general, French fullback Chaminet. Yeah. He has more test caps now than f- top 14 appearances. And in that time, <laughs> he's won a Grand Slam, the Six Nations, and beaten the All Blacks. And he scored 20 points against the All Blacks. Well, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a quite a record what to a, have. Hey? What a start to your test career. So big applause to him. I think that's actually a good point to ask you, Ronnie. Who was the player of the season? Look for me, the with, tournament without of the, without a doubt, it has to be Anton Dupont. So he's just like we said, he's an animal on the field. You know, every game that he played, he just performs, and he's done some magical things. He's just been that incredible link between an incredibly physical forward pack and and a backline with a lot of flair. So for me, player of the tournament has to be Dupont. Yeah, I think. You know, many of the French players putting their hands up there. Even it's difficult some Irish to actually. Players, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. I think Dupont probably the lone standout, just just above many other players that performed well in this tournament. That being said, where does the Northern Hemisphere stand? Just eighteen months out from the World Cup. <laughs> well, we often make jokes, and there's a couple of memes going around, but I do think this is the case of them peaking early again. In general, the the Northern Hemisphere seems to be peaking. Uh, a year out from the World Cup, but I think the French, there's something going on in that uh, in that camp. They've just got this incredible confidence. I think it's going to progress into a little bit of arrogance, which is fine if you can back up your arrogance. 
then you are like the dominant uh, all black team of of five years ago. So by all means, I think uh, all teams are peaking a little bit too early, uh, except for the French. The French seem to be, uh, they're not peaking, they're on an upward trajectory. I think there's still a lot to see from this French side. So Ireland may be falling into their usual trap, but Mm. I think France, there's still a lot to see from this side and full of youngsters, even missing some key players still. Mm. So I think there's there's a lot to come from France. And I think their November test schedule they face, both us and the All Blacks, is going to be crucial build up to the I mean, that's, a, that's, that's big for them and it's big for us too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Rassi's three... already figuring out the next move. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the top three teams all playing one another. Well, uh, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be incredible to see. So, with respect to, well, I see you wrote in our, our notes here, Super Bururu. Uh, that must be a rock just outside of Ayers Rock in Australia. But the Super Bururu, uh, we've got Anthony Render who won. He's a South African. Well done. I can't clap. So, there we go. He won with, uh, what's that, 22.5 uh, yeah. points. Uh, second, we've got Rion Filyun. Another South African. Has eh? to be South African. I mean, and then we've got third, Reese Daniel, who is another neutral, like Switzerland, fence sitter. We don't like you very much. Almost as bad as a, a Stormers supporter, but uh, just a little bit better. But well done to Anthony, Rion, and Reese Daniel. Legends. Yeah, well done, guys. You beat both myself in 36th and Ronnie in 105th. <laughs> So yeah, congratulations guys. Hope you'll join us in our next pool. The URC and all of them are still running. And on that note, what about the URC fixtures from this week? Yes, what a great weekend for South Africans. Another clean sweep, eh? Lions, you know what? Absolute legends. Yeah, legends. I I mean, guys are gonna drop it this weekend. Well, before we get to that game, let's just talk about let's just take one game at a time. Bulls v Scarlet. So Bulls, you absolutely demolished the Scarlets. I felt 57 points to 12 we were well done honestly no i mean i think most people saw a bulls win on the card i was a little bit worried considering most of the players played three games in eight days i mean 17 members of the bulls game or squad for saturday played curry cup on wednesday so you know playing right on the edge with player welfare there but ultimately it paid off for the bulls you make a good point player welfare needs to be uh at here. Yeah, because this this is this could lead to some serious injuries. A lot of players getting injured in the year uh, before the World Cup year. So that's not good. And can we just talk about Ruan Nokia's try? Tell us about yes, that. Yes, uh, snatches the intercept from the line and runs, what, 40, 50 meters to score. It's the fastest lock I've ever seen, except maybe <laughs> Ruan Tiaka running it up the field too. Have you ever run that far on a rugby field? Not that far, nor that fast. <laughs> No, no, listen, well done, Bulls, absolutely dominant. I think that there's some uh, punishment heading the way of Duplessis. Well, on that note, actually, did you see Bismarck got a three-week ban? No, that's Only three weeks. Well, look, it was unintentional. just tried to get the guy off his back. But, I mean, with his discipline record, you thought it would have been a bit longer. All in all, he's actually only got one week left to serve. (laughs) So he's going to miss this weekend, and then he's back and available for them. I thought as well, special mention needs to go out to Madosh Tambwe, still in excellent form for the Bulls. Mm. That guy is proving a menace with ball in hand. Yeah. Marcel Kutsia also putting in strong performances. And then Ulrich Lowe. What? Ulrich Lowe is, is a fantastic asset. And, uh, he, you know, he's just going to... 
he needs to be in the Springbok camp for sure. Marco van Staden, I think leaving the Bulls, you might never be selected for the Springboks again with the way Ulrich Klo is playing. <laughs> that's, and, I mean, that's, a, that's actually very incredible uh, to have. I mean, to have such depth at in for our Lucy's. I mean, we've traditionally, we've always produced a lot of Lucy's, but these aren't just everyday Lucy's. These are really good in-form Lucy's. You know, also something to point out, Ulrich Lo. And Ivan Ruiz, mm. those two and the form they're in and the fact that they're still so young makes me not stress too much about the retirement of Dwayne Vermeulen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the first time that I feel like we've actually got... A backup plan. Backup plan. Serious place. backup plan. And, you know, I've spoken, I'm not the biggest Jasper Visa fan, so I'm glad that we've got two youngsters who can now also challenge for that jersey. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you got very excited at the beginning of this segment. Just let's talk about the Lions first Munster. I mean... A wimbo wet, a wimbo wet. <laughs> well yeah. done to the Lions. Been drinking too many, too many beers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lions twenty three points beating Munster to you know their twenty one points. Well, flippant done. Munster are at the top of the log. I mean, they what third or something. So Damien Dialende in their team, and he lost to the Lions. Can you believe Dialende, that? Dialende, Dialende, that's going to catch on one day, guys. You it will it catch on. So, okay, look, Lions, well flipping done. Do you think it was a case of bringing Munster over to altitude and then just sucking air and not being able to pull through? You know what? I don't think so. For the first time ever, or ever, this season, <laughs> the Lions <laughs> actually statement. played a game with heart. They were, it, it was a completely different team on that field. Vincent Chituka, oh, man of the match, second week in a row. Yes, Vinci. Well, flipping done, man. And the fact is, also, Munster scored the first two tries. It was only, what, the 31st minute when the Lions came onto the board. They consolidated, and then they collectively just pushed back. So it well wasn't done. even just a win. It was a come-from-behind win, and a significant come-from-behind win. Munster, again, straight after the break, score, go into the lead. Lions held on, came back, and won the game right at the end. Yeah. So I think Lions deserve full credit for that, that win. And a specific aspect of their game, which I gave them shit for two weeks ago, their scrum performance. They absolutely obliterated Munster in the second half with their scrums. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it was a case of bringing them to altitude and them sucking air. I actually do believe that the Lions put in an incredible performance. So, absolutely well done to the Lions. And since I can't cl- clap... There we go. Yeah, this clicking is also going to bug me annoying. anyway. Okay, everything bugs you. <laughs> Yeah, so well done, Lions. Definitely didn't expect you to get the win against Munster, but you held the South African flag up. And no URC team from the Northern Hemisphere has ever won in South Africa. Just putting that out there. <laughs> so let's talk about the Sharks versus Zebra then. Yeah, again, Sharks, I still feel like they're not playing to their full they potential. They just haven't hit that fifth gear, right? Or sixth gear, whichever you the top gear. And you know what? I'm going to blame a lot of it on Kerwin Bosch. And, yeah. you know, I just feel like at this stage, Bosch, Benilla, not our options at 10. Butter Chamberlain was dropped for his kicking, but then last time, or last week in the Curry Cup, slotted 8 from 8. Time he gets a chance in that jersey again. And he's at least young enough that you can still coach him. Still develop him into exactly. a world-class flyer. Yeah, I think uh, I think Kerwin is disappointing me a bit because, look, he's definitely got some skill and he's got a very big boot for a very small guy. And, uh, you know, I just don't see him dominating and, and marshalling that, that back line well enough as a, as a fly-off should. But the Chamberlain seems to be doing a lot a lot better in, in, in that role, I feel. So, look, I, I, I do agree. 
uh, the Sharks need to find that top gear because it's it's. It, I don't feel we we just don't have that urgency and that incredible impact that we that we're craving. Not at all. I mean, the score was ten six at halftime against Zebra, who got absolutely annihilated by the Stormers the week before. Mm. It's just it's simply not good enough. And these are the games, you know. Again, leaving it late to get the bonus point, and it's it's the Sharks need that killer instinct. They need to be able to finish teams off early, land some killer blows early. You know, and rack up those points if they want to keep climbing the log. They are in sixth place at the moment, but they could be doing much better with the number of spring box they have there. And you know, speaking of the box, Mapimpi and Fussy injured. We don't yet know the severity of it, but those are two losses, hey? Those are two serious losses because both of them have been playing very well. I think it does open up some opportunities for some French players to come in just to, to show their own skill, but Fussy is a real loss, I think. You know what worries me is. I feel like this was Fussy's breakthrough season in a Bok jersey. I think he would have started to succeed Vili in the 15. If he's not available for the box, he might just lose his spot to Tyron Green, eh? He's also been playing incredibly well overseas. Bold statement, Cotton. <laughs> so hopefully Fussy is not seriously injured and he's able to make a return before the Springbok games. There's still some time there. Um, Mapimpi withdrawn actually before kickoff. So I'm not too sure. Hopefully it's just about a flu or something like that that kept him out of the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then finally we had the Stormers versus Cardiff. Stormers putting in a dominant performance there as well. 40 points to 3. What do you think? Yeah, Stormers are playing some incredible attacking rugby here. I think they're... It's refreshing to see, eh? The attack there with Galant and Willemse in is actually really starting to bear some fruit for them. Yeah, no, look, I haven't been the fa- a biggest fan of either of them for a while now. and uh, But... They seem to be chatting really well there. Something's happening there. Stormers are playing with a bit of confidence. And Marnie Lubbock. And Marnie Lubbock. I've also not been a fan of him, but he's been around now uh, in a couple of teams. He's been doing really well in you that know, team. He's so. just putting in solid performance. He's not excellent or showing off, but every week he shows up, turns up for his team, and you know it's paying them dividends as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sinatla and his aerobics. How's that guy diving around and... I love it. I love watching Sinatla. I think it's exciting. I enjoy him as well. He's one of those sevens players just purely because he's so incredibly fast. I've always hoped that he just kind of finds his uh, his groove in the 15-man format of the game. Uh, he's struggled, obviously, over the years, but uh, he's a very exciting player. For sure. And then I think other mentions, definitely Lionel Zas. He had a cracker of a game. And Ivan Roos. Yeah, Ivan Roos. You said it as well. Day. I mean, absolutely... Those are specifically things that I look out in, in the weekends is, is our forwards because our forwards really, that's what we as South Africans are typically known for, big dominant forwards. And we've got a, a good crop of youngsters that uh, that we could select from in the in the next couple of months, years to it's come. It's just a conveyor belt of them. It is. Uh, there's definitely something in our lamb chops in this country. But yeah, all in all, I reckon a pretty good weekend in the URC, hey Ronnie? Yeah, absolutely. Are we going to get another clean sweep with the, week, the coming rugby? Keepers, so uh, I'm a little bit nervous to say so because uh, you know, 12 games for South Africans in a row that's going to be a little that's a bit of a tough ask. Possible, it's possible. The Lions versus Ospreys, Lions versus Ospreys. You know what? I'm just going to back the Lions here. Yeah, hands on. You beat Munster. Yeah, I don't have much to say there. You guys are absolutely legends. Let's see what you guys can do. I think the toughest one of the weekend though, Stormers v Ulster. Stormers v Ulster is going to be a very tough one. I want to say Ulster here, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to say Stormers. 
<laughs> sharks versus Edinburgh. Can I take a wild guess here? Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, sharks. Yes. <laughs> That's also going to be a pretty tough fixture. That, that absolutely is going to be the Scottish difficult. side in the competition. Yeah, for sure. Look, it's going to be difficult. The Sharks, like we've saying that you know, although they've won, they've got a, they've got a, they're on a bit of a win streak at the moment. It's not going to be easy against Edinburgh. But with that said, it's not going to be easy for Edinburgh to come to South Africa and uh, and beat the Sharks. No, for sure. And I think the only clear-cut win of the weekend, probably Bills versus Dragons. Bills v. Dragons? Absolutely. It's going to be very difficult. Look, we just keep saying this. It's going to be very difficult. You come to South Africa, we're going to beat you into the ground. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe the Bills race some players this weekend. They definitely have to. You just mentioned it earlier. Player welfare is absolutely paramount. We've got to start looking after our players if we want to avoid... Injuries like my pimpy fussy. So be careful, please. You know, don't pick the, the, the exhausted, tired players. But uh, look, I still think the Bulls will take that one. For sure. And actually, exciting news just before recording this. Um, Cyril announcing 50% capacity in the stadium. So I think you'll catch Ronnie and I at the Bulls vs. Dragons game at Loftus this weekend. Yeah, we just got to clarify that a bit. We, uh, we hope that, that, uh, that they quickly change the rules and allow that before the weekend comes. Uh, but yes, it's looking promising. It's looking promising that we might even have full stadiums uh, when the when the test matches come. Well, we better because they're selling all those tickets and we've got tickets. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but absolutely. yeah, exciting that there'll be bigger crowds at the stadium. Hopefully, people will actually go and attend these fixtures. So that'll be quite lacquer. And then, Ronnie, what do you have for us in your two cents? Are we in for another rant this weekend? <laughs> Firstly, do you say grass or grass? Grass. So rant or rant? Completely different. We're not going to get into phonetics again. Okay, right. So this week, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to. I'm going to start off with a joke. Where does Noddy keep his armies? Tell us, Ronnie. In his sleeveies. <laughs> All right. So this is not going to be a rant. Rant. Now you made me very self-conscious <laughs> about that. But it's you like know, everyone what? calling it a uh, colonel because of KFC, and yeah, it's well, actually a bloody colonel. <laughs> we're just going to talk about. We're going to talk about the world rankings. You know, this is something that I want to talk about, considering that France moved up to second place. We need to check on all our New Zealand friends. Hey, Tracy, Jesse, you guys <laughs> yeah. all right out there? Yeah, absolutely. So, so a couple of facts uh, that I'm going to spill for you here. New Zealand have held the number one ranking for eighty percent of the time that the ranking's been up. That's incredible. That is actually pretty incredible. The the next team is South Africa with sixteen percent. So, yeah. We've got to pump those so, numbers way up, boys. <laughs> we've got to pump those, we've got to get those numbers way up because 80% is a lot bigger than 16. Um, well so, done, Ronnie. Yeah, so, I just want to help, help those of you that are not very mathematically literate. So, that just shows you those are our two dominant teams. So, we have, World Rugby has to ensure... 96% of the ranking time well done, you can to count. the Southern Hemisphere. Well done, you can math. You're a good teacher, Ronnie. <laughs> so, I just want to say, 96% of uh, the teams that have held... At the number one ranking since its inception are between South Africa and New Zealand. Those are, without a doubt, the two most dominant teams that have, you know, played the game. And uh, World Rugby needs to protect that fixture, absolutely. So a couple of things uh, that I just want to go through. Um, I want to ask you how many teams, Nick, have held the number one ranking? Okay, well, I would say it's us, the All Blacks, England, France, Australia... So five teams. So you're correct with five teams, but you're wrong with the teams that you've picked. Ireland is there instead of Australia. Yeah, Ireland is there instead of Australia, and uh, Wales is there instead of France. Really? Has France never had the number France, one spot? N- France is greatest uh, ranking is second. Yo, absolutely. Eye-opening stuff there. Yeah, that's absolutely. And just the way, uh, more interesting facts, New Zealand have never been lower than third. 
your New Zealand, it might be coming, eh? Yeah, I was going to say. Ireland's touring there in, in July. Uh, question for you. When last did Australia hold the first place? Well, never. You just said they weren't part of well, the Well, then five. you were listening to me. Uh, Australia's also highest ranking has been second. That's unreal, eh? Considering, considering the world rankings only came in in 2003 and in 99 Australia won the World Cup, maybe we would have seen that statistic a little bit. Yeah, but that's pretty shocking. That is. So five teams have held the number one position since 2003. Um, it's the likes of England, Ireland, Wales, South Africa and New Zealand. New Zealand holding that for 80% of the time. South Africa 16% of the time. The rest going to the other three. France... Now second, they have equaled their highest ever ranking. Uh, Australia's highest has been second. Um, you know, then there's a couple of other teams. Japan has had an incredible switch, being 20th uh, at their highest, I believe. Uh, 20th at their highest and 7th at their lowest. So that's always, uh, you know, well done to them. Some of the other teams have really struggled over the years, like Italy. Italy have, have, have never been lower than 8th but uh, never higher than 15th. So they seem to be very consistent in there. All right. Sure, that's actually really interesting. I didn't know that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the um, highest uh, the highest points ever attained by a team was by New Zealand with 96.57 points. That's, that's that must have been under their run of Graham Henry. Yeah, that was in 2016. Yeah, 17 uh, So well done. And the, the lowest ranking rating that New Zealand have ever achieved is 88.17. So there have also only been three teams that have never dipped below 80. Can you name them? South Africa. Well done. New Zealand and England. And Australia have never dipped below 80. So the three three of the four rugby championship sides. <laughs> there we go. Three out of the four rugby championship sides. Three teams from the Southern Hemisphere. The, tradi- the traditional Tri-Nations uh, teams have never dipped below 80 points, rating points in the, the, the rankings. Yeah, Six Nations Trust, you don't want the Springboks, you'll never win it again. England. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought those are some interesting facts, just off the back that, you know, France made it to second, but you know what, France, well done, you did make it to second, and you do have a shot at the at the champs, the number one ranking, Springboks, shout out. So uh, maybe you guys can even move up to first, I don't know so much. And I think you deserve so a special mention here, Ronnie, it's the first time on this podcast you haven't been on a run. I don't don't spoil it now by going on about France again. <laughs> you can't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> All right. So the current ranking, absolutely, as it stands, South Africa first, France second, New Zealand third, Ireland fourth, England fifth, Australia sixth, Scotland seventh, Argentina eighth, Wales ninth, and Japan rounding out the top ten there. Well, there we have it. Hey, that will remain fixed now until the... Media tests. Mid-year so that's, that's going to stay for you, a while. You can't call it the autumn test or the spring test because, you know, northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere. And then, Ronnie, Saturday, last week, did you get it right or not? Did you see the answer? What was the answer? Yeah, you went for a good old Johan Gerson. It was Ruan Pinar. No, I think you're wrong. It was Johan Gerson. Okay. Well, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. This week's one is definitely a challenge. And many people on our page got last week's one way too quickly. Well, let's be honest. Once you see that picture of who you actually put up, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Well, this week it will be reversed. The clue will go up first, the picture last. Okay. And yeah, this is a challenging one. So as it always is, I'm going to give you a couple of stats now. You get your three questions to help our listeners out. And then clues will be posted out on our Facebook page Thursday, Friday, with the answer being posted on Saturday. 
So Ronnie, name the player. This player was a scrum half. He captained his side at the World Cup. Played in four World Cups, in fact. Amassing 64 test caps along the way. He was described as the greatest scrum half in his country's history. His test debut came against Romania. And he was named IRB Player of the Year in 2002. Who's the player? Or what are your questions? <laughs> what are my questions? So question number one. Does this player play in uh, the Southern Hemisphere? No. Did this player play in the Southern Hemisphere? No. Did this player play for... Has this player won a World Cup? No. I'll give you one more, Ronnie, considering two of your questions were pretty much the same. Well, well now I'm lost. All right. Well, guys, the answer will be posted on Saturday. I know that many of you are much smarter than old Ronald over here. So hit us up with your answers. Hit that like button. Leave us a review. And please, guys... We look forward to hearing from you and we'll catch you next week Thursday.